Welcome to Books of Bisexuals, where we talk about books that we've read or that we love and wherever our neurodivergent brains take us. I am Brianna. I am Nikki. And, um... Good morning. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) This is our second start, because Brianna started and then immediately choked. Immediately did not work. Yeah. So, good times. It was funny. It was funny. It was a funny time. I felt like I had something to say. To, like, start the yeah. the pod. But then I'm realizing, like, my brain has been doing that, where, like, even last night at mom and, every fucking time, I go to say mom and dad's. Mom and dad's, yes. <sighs> um, It's been, like, seven, over seven years, and I still say I that. don't think, because it was so much longer of it um, being yeah. mom and dad's. Well, and the funny thing is, is now it's not mom's, it's TJ mm-hmm. and Julie's. Mom lives downstairs. Um, But anyway, regardless, um, I felt like I, I was always, like, I had something important to say or to share yeah and I could just never put my finger on it yeah and I, I feel like that today too yeah I often think of it as like uh, my thoughts are um like wisps yeah like and they just and they're just gone yeah, they're just gone <laughs> but I have the feeling in my body of like I have it's this like, exciting thing that I want to share and you open it's your mouth not and it's there. not there yeah nope um I often talk about like with my aphasia like losing words mm. um and I literally mean that I have the word in my brain yeah. I open my mouth to say it and it's gone yeah so that's a good time mm. luckily I have this thing that I do where I just try and use like other words to describe it or like I talk around the issue Mm -hmm. um I learned how to do that because of French immersion if I wouldn't Mm. like if I didn't know the word in French I would have to talk around it like almost define it yeah yeah (laughs) yeah like if I couldn't think of the word um because we used to do this thing where we would say like um commanditant Mm -hmm. like how do you say Mm -hmm. um and then our teachers were like you gotta stop yeah. You can't, that, that's a cop-out. You can't we do would, that. We would, use, <laughs> we would use it and be like, come on, Dieton, where is this? Like, we would yeah. just use it for a full sentence, yeah. and she's like, no. You can't. No, no. <laughs> yeah. You can't do that. So, um, yeah, I, that was a skill I learned from, like, later version. Yeah. Like, talking around the word I didn't know in French. Yeah. Um, and I use that frequently now mm-hmm. where I just talk around what I'm saying or, uh, I'll use like hand motions that mm-hmm. often we do it people here. do not understand. Nope. But you know what it means. Yeah. And then when they I'm, come up with the word, they're like, you're like oh, oh, I see it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Like I was, um, at work the other day, I was trying to say candle holders, but I went like this. Oh. You're just holding like, candles. Right. right. But. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> My boss was like. Milking a cow, yeah, and I yeah. was like, mm, "You're like, yeah, I'm not I can moving see, my hand." I can see how that would be misinterpreted. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I find because like I, I have a lot of friends, not a lot, but like I, I've, I have had conversations with people yeah. who, um, who English is not, their or first, whom English yeah. is not their first language. Yeah. Um and. It's funny because, like, I'll say something and they're like, what does that word mean? And I'm like, uh, uh, and then I have a hard time defining a word without using the The word. word? Yeah. Yeah. Or without using a harder word. Yeah. Right? Like a more vague word. So I'm like, fuck, how do I describe words? And part of that is just like, you know, it's your language. Like it's, 
it's the language you grew up learning yeah. and talking, and so it's so hard sometimes. It's like um, that the way that we put adjectives, is that the right word? In orders yeah. of like, you know, like you don't, you would say like a great big whatever, not a big great whatever, <laughs> you know. I would not be able to explain why I do yes, that. Yes, but there's like an explanation and like a specific order that English speakers do this in. And um, it's natural, like you naturally learn how to do it. And so if you say it weirdly. Well, because um, I guess if you're, if you're not using, weirdly, that's but not if you're weird. using there, if you're using great, like a great like big a, house. Yeah. You're using great to describe big. Yeah. But if you were, if you were talking about a house that is also grand, you could say like a big Great house. Yeah. So the rule is that multiple adjectives are always ranked accordingly. Opinion, size, age, shape, age, shape, color, origin, material, purpose. And we always do that. And it's just kind of natural. What? Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. Opinion, size, age, shape, color, origin, material, purpose. Yeah. So... Um, I wonder if they have examples yeah. in this because I, <laughs> I read this on like a Tumblr post, um, obviously that I did not read on Tumblr. Right. You know how you, there's always like screenshots on like every I other... never go on Reddit, but I, I read Reddit. I read Reddit. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really fascinating. Give me, oh my gosh. Um, it's also funny cause like Isadora, for example, she'd be like, Amiga, when do you use he went versus he had gone? And I'm like, I know that there's a reason because it's the, you know, imparfait versus plucaparfait in French that I never got right. Never got right. Did not know. Um, Versus passe composé. I'm like, I know that there's a reason. I don't know what it is. Mm, Who knows? Yeah. Um, Here are two options. Uh, You wouldn't say my Greek fat big wedding. You'd say my big fat Greek wedding or leather walking brown boots. <laughs> you would say brown leather walking boots. Uh. So, yeah, it's that thing where like when someone says a sentence where it's out of order, you're like, oh, no, Something's not right there. <laughs> but we don't consciously we're not consciously in our brains going, OK, so it's the me- be- be- de- de- be- yeah, you like, know, like that's, I would I would never be able to tell someone, oh, we do it in blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah, blah. That's why I had no. to Google it because yeah. I wouldn't be able to tell you the order without reading it. No. But when you're talking, it just, because we grew up with the language, right. it's, it's just natural, natural to us. Right. Um, in so the same weird. way that like people who have, uh, who speak like some of the languages with like more complicated grammar, mm-hmm. just like get it, but it's really hard to teach. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I always find the interesting thing, too, is, like, um, so in Portuguese, for example, like, when we were learning French, if you're making a statement, it's subject, verb, object. Mm-hmm. And then for if the most part. For the most yeah. part. And then if you are asking a question, the verb starts it. Yeah. Right? In Portuguese, it's not. It's always oh. subject, verb. Oh. Right? And so the only way that you know that someone's asking a question is the inflection. Oh my god. Yeah, cuz it's like it's like you are it's like it just like the words. It's like it's like you have a cat. 
But if then you're if asking, asking someone, it's was it it a gato? gato? And <laughs> oh that my is, God. do you have a cat? Oh, that would be so confusing to learn. Right. And so it always from kind an of... From an English From an English perspective. Yes. <laughs> and so it always kind of threw me off, like when I was yeah. talking to Isadora, because she would ask me questions in English, but with the Portuguese grammar structure. Right. So she would start with the subject. Yeah. Like, you have this? And I was like, like what? I'm like, it's right, but it's just because we're used to do, do you, you have this yeah. or whatever. Um, but that's not translatable across all languages. And so I just thought that was really interesting, specifically for Portuguese. Yeah. Like French doesn't do it. German doesn't do mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, German doesn't do it. <laughs> You're like, like, do they? Do they? <laughs> they do? No, I don't think they do. But German also has a very structured order of things. Like, yeah. very structured. And we learned that right from the beginning. So. Um, there has been some talk with linguistics people recently about French. Because French is very gendered in their, like, language. Most. So, like, what, most. Latin. Wait. Latin? Latinized. I don't know. Like the like French, Spanish, Portuguese. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. very gendered in like mm. like nouns. Nouns yeah. always have a gender. Uh, yeah, masculine um, and feminine. And so there's been talk recently about like can we change it to be genderless? Right. Um which is like a whole other thing that I am not qualified to talk about. <laughs> well, and like the interesting thing I cuz I saw a post about that where it's like in one language table is feminine yeah. and in the, another language is masculine. masculine and it's like okay so there's not even a consensus of like tables are always feminine right and then yeah you know and i'm sure that if you're a linguistic i'm sure you'll correct me too but i'm sure there was like specific reasons that certain words were sure right but like it's not w- why necessary. i don't know well and so it was interesting learning german because german has three Mm-hmm. German has fe- feminine, masculine, and then neutral. Yeah. Um, der, die, das. And so that made it, it made it harder because then you're trying to learn three different yeah, gender Yeah, like, nouns, oh my God. Right? <laughs> but stuff started just like, you know, same as it does in French or anything else. It just kind of starts rolling off. You're like, oh, I'm, it, I know that it sounds right that this is this. And there's, yeah. there's some guidelines like if it ends in an a it's going to be feminine if it ends in an o it's going to be masculine yeah kind of thing um but there's always exceptions to those there's always always (laughs) if it ends in t-i-o-n it's feminine i always i always specifically remember that why i don't know i don't know but like why was the first word that my brain offered for that abortion I was like, yeah, that's right. No, I was trying to no, think of like stop. Felicitation and oh. I'm like I'm like, yeah, but I suppose you could say la felicitation. Felicitation. Um Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to work on my French. It's on my acting resume that I speak intermediate French. Mm. And like I do, but not like a French person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like CL, my agent will send voiceovers and stuff and there's like an English script and then a French script. And I read the French script out loud and I'm like, it sounds okay, but, but I could not but pass I wish, for a yeah. French person. So I'm like, I really should there's work this, on that. Um, that just made me think of this radio ad for CSAP. 
Like, yeah. concierge, conse- whatever. Conseil. Scolaire, Acadien, Provincial. Yeah. Um, but, so... It's the, the French school board in Nova Scotia. Yes. <laughs> um, and the ad, she speaks in English for most of it, but every time that she switches into, like, French, like, um, it's just so French. And, like, (laughs) it's so funny to hear someone be like, yes, please sign your children up for Concierge Scolaire. Yeah. And it's, like, (laughs) so funny to just, like, hear the complete switch in, like, personality also. I wonder if it was two different voiceover it's no actors. it's definitely the same one okay but it's very clear that she's actually french right yeah <laughs> well and i like um we i went to uh oh my god my brain have you seen or heard of the film new waterford girl no oh it's a great nova scotian okay. film um i say great i first watched it when i was 12 um, it was ahead of me because it's about like a 15 year old girl mm-hmm. in New Waterford, Cape Breton. Yeah. Um, and kind of the struggles that she's going through in that point of her life. I had like no interest. Like a coming to age. Yeah. I had no interest because like I was 12. Yeah. And so. What, it, what 12 year old cares about the future? Let's no, be honest. No. Like I was just like, okay. So I remember watching it. I remember that I watched it. Mm-hmm. I remember where I was laying when I was watching it. I don't remember anything about the film. Yeah. But I remember being bored. Yeah. Which is not a testament to the film. Be- More just who you were Who at the I time. was at the time. Because I went to the, the Women in Film and Television yeah. conference on Friday and Saturday. And Friday night there was a, like a ta- essentially a table read of the script. Yeah. And so the funny, my favorite part of table reads is that someone reads all of the narration that you never hear in the film yeah but is but there for like context when or you're like, doing the script yeah. or like stage directions or anything yeah, yeah, like yeah. that but because you see it in a film you don't have to yeah you know um and you know actors were reading all of the different parts and it was really funny yeah was, so i'm like okay i, need I to gotta go watch, watch this again. it um but one of the things that really um just in this whole idea is that one of the actors who was reading, um, I thought her name was Genevieve Seal. <clears throat> she's a voice actor and actor here in Halifax. Yeah. I thought it was Genevieve Seal. And she's like, hi, I'm Genevieve Seal. And I was like, Genevieve. oh, I'm like, okay. Oh. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so it's all, like when Pedro Pascal says his name, right? Yeah. Like he's like, hello, I'm Pedro Pascal. And you're like, hello. <laughs> and it just... And then someone else goes, Pedro, Pascal. I know. Hey, Pedro. Pedro. <laughs> and you're like, oh. Yeah. I saw a meme and it was like, if your girl's watching The Last of Us and The Mandalorian, she's not your girl. No. She's, she's Pedro Pascal's girl. Yes. And I'm like, yes. 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 Um, someone, I follow a casting director in California mm-hmm. and she posts amazing videos, essentially trying to help actors with like... Self-tapes and the industry and, like, all that yeah. sort of stuff. And there are so many people who are just like, you are you don't know what you're talking about, blah, 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 blah. Because she does, like, people will tag her in videos of people giving terrible advice. And yeah. she'll kind of and debunk that. And she'll refute that. them. Yeah. Right. And so she posted one. I watched it this morning. And it was talking about how, like, in a self-tape, right, like, if the camera is here, 
you should be looking like over here so that they can see your profile and all this stuff. And she's like, absolutely not. You she's like looking she's at like, the camera. You're, you know, your, your eye lines are here. And she's like, to be honest, casting doesn't even care about eye lines. That is really just for you as an actor. She's like the best self tape I've ever seen in my life. The person was looking out a window the whole time and it was Pedro Pascal. And I'm like, I need to see this self tape. Yes. I bet it's on YouTube if I look for it, but I didn't look for it this morning. Yeah. But yeah, I find, I just, I was like, oh, I love Pedro Pascal. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've loved him since Game of Thrones. Fair. Because he played Prince Oberyn in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I've loved him since then. Um, but now I just love him more. Yeah. And then I don't, oh, what is the, And he's really funny. He's really funny. He just, seems really charming. Yeah. And what's the, what's the show or the movie from that, it's like, is it Bruce Willis? And like, he, no, it's not Bruce Willis. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. And he looks over and then and Pedro Pascal's just like. Smiling. Just like. He's <laughs> like. The happiest, dopiest smile. And it's so slow-mo so that like, he just, oh, it's just so. Yeah. People are using it for memes. So many memes. Everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, I need to see whatever this is from. But yeah. I think I think it's on one of the paid Amazon channels. Right. So I'm like, meh. Yeah. Mm, no. Yeah. So. Um, speaking of ads, uh, I have been hearing a lot of ads about uh, moving to Alberta. Oh, uh, Okay. When yeah. I, when I first are you also like slightly annoyed by these ads? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Not even slightly. I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed by... because when I started listening to the ad, I was like, I didn't know Halifax was like yeah. the leader in Cause, technology. Because they're like, know. hey Halifax, this is a city that's blah 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 blah. Yeah. A leader in technology and all of these, and that has just the it's lowest like, whatever rent and it's like, or something. Move to Alberta, and, and I'm, I'm like, like <gasps> what? I, yeah. But not only that, because I drive along Barrington, like I take the McKay Bridge and then I come around onto Barrington Street, mm-hmm. like under the bridge and drive that way to get to dance. You know where all the billboards are? Yeah. There's one there that says, come to Alberta. Yeah. The the ad is like, Alberta's calling. Yeah. Like, and like, I get it. People are not happy with Nova Scotia right now. There's a lot of stuff that I'm just like, this needs no, to change. But there's also a really long history of like a lot of our earners leave leaving and going to alberta to make money and it's a lot of the reason that we don't have those people and that yeah tax money and all that sort of stuff yeah i there's other issues too but like there's like good sides to it and bad sides to it you know but i just feels like they're like leave Leave where you are and just come to Alberta. Right. And, like, I I know, I like, I personally know people who have gone to Alberta to make money mm-hmm. to then come back here and be able to live, live here, here. Right? Yeah. Like, it's not you can, cheap here. You can go and you can work, like, you know, really hard for, like, a few years and then basically, like, that's my fee. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. That was like, a weird sound. <laughs> but I was, I thought something was, like, rapping somewhere. Like, no, it's... Rapping? Yeah. Um, like, I know people who are, like, two weeks on, two weeks off. Yeah. And so, like, they fly home for the two weeks and everything like that. Um, I know people who are, like, three weeks and one week. Like, I know people who do six months and then come home. Like, yeah. there's different ways to do it. And it's not a bad option. But it's just weird to there's hear like, it. Uh, I don't even know how to describe. It's... It's like, um... It feels like a betrayal. Yes! Yeah. Yes! And it's so weird, because, like, I think my dad did that at one point. Mm. TJ was going to, and then he couldn't... 
I think he actually went out for like a day and then came yeah. home. Because he was like, no, it's too far. Yeah. We're, we're all very homebodies. Like even Toronto was really far for me. <laughs> um, I obviously was born somewhere else. At West, yeah. yeah. I was born in Regina. Um, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. I can pronounce it. Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. But I did move here when I was four and a half. So, like, it's been the majority of my life living here. Like, this, you would consider this your home, not Saskatchewan. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would never. Somebody's like, what's your hometown? I I would say (laughs) Kingston, Nova Scotia. I wouldn't say Regina, Saskatchewan. Like, that's ridiculous. No, yeah, I get that. Um, But I. I think that in my family, I am, like, one of the only people that really considers Nova Scotia my home, Hmm. you know? like Even still. Probably my sister, because she has quite a few ties now. Right, but But she lived in Regina the longest. Yeah, Hmm. and, like, my mom, absolutely not. She might have been here for, like, half of her life, but she is BC. Right, this is not, like, her hometown is is in BC BC. and like she constantly talks about wanting to go back there and like wanting to live there again and it's just like financially not possible um not even just getting there but but living living there there. yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um so it's been really fascinating to like have these feelings about Nova Scotia and being like ugh, Alberta get the fuck out of here I know (laughs) you know I know like I I'm sure I've talked about this before but like before I moved to Toronto, I was like, okay, I live in Nova Scotia, like, blah, like, blah, blah. Like, I was just like, kind of living here. I can live anywhere. Yeah. I'll be happy anywhere. Right? <laughs> but then when I came home during the pandemic, and then a lot of the pandemic, you couldn't do things inside, so we did stuff outside. Yeah. Jess and I went for a lot of hikes. Yeah. And I was like, holy fuck, this province is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I kind of fell in love with it again. And so now when I tell people about it, I tell people about the natural beauty that we have. Yeah. The friendly people. Like, all that sort of stuff. Yes, we have a healthcare crisis. Yes, there's a childcare crisis. Yes, and there's an education crisis. Rent like, is really high. Yeah. The cost I'm, of living the sucks. The cost of living sucks. Like, I, but it's I get beautiful all of that. Here. But it is really beautiful. <laughs> and so I feel like that just makes me want to fight for for it more yeah you know um like i hated it when i was a kid i lived you know in the valley there was nothing nothing. there was nothing to do um for a child yeah you know what i mean and it was safe sure (laughs) like fine um but it was boring as fuck and i did not appreciate the beauty of it when i was a kid yeah um but now i'm constantly like oh my god like we live in such a pretty place Mm -hmm. i live literally like Next to a shipping yard. Yeah. And you can, I, you can so walk beautiful. out your door and see the water. Yeah. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And, like, the water is, like, the prettiest thing I've ever seen most days. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know. And there just, will be people who, yeah, but what's in the yeah. water? It's like, like okay. I, yeah, sure. We get it. it. But it's a harbor. All harbors are kind of gross. Yeah. Yeah. But the Halifax Harbor is also one of the cleanest because of how deep it is as and well. They, and they put in a lot of They put in a lot of work. Yeah. Um, I, I still was, wouldn't swim in it. I would not <laughs> swim in it. When they put the stairs in downtown and at were, the Queen's Mark and people started going go, swimming in the oh harbor. Oh my. I was like. I was like, absolutely. And absolutely then not, not only that, but like one of the sewage pipes broke and they were like, do, do not. Do not get in the water. Um. Oh my god! What was I gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say something about 
Nova Scotia. Harbor, Nova no. Scotia, Nova Scotia. Um, it's oh, so okay. So um, I was talking to a woman at the film festival. Yeah, her name's Akima. Um, she is from New York, but she's currently living in Delaware. But she is taught like she was really interested in not only like work-life balance and stuff like that, but the sustainability of sets. Oh, and yeah. so Nova Scotia, I didn't I didn't know this, but Nova Scotia has an initiative that like all of the lumber and stuff from when they built sets, they recycle all of oh, that into making new sets and that sort cool. of thing, which I had always wondered about because I'm like, that's so much material. Yeah, like um, one of the, one of my friends, Maria, mm-hmm. she just worked on um, Sullivan's Crossing and they built a whole town. Nope, that's from. Oh, Sullivan's, okay. Sullivan's Crossing was filmed at the... Um, the old uh, Boy Scout camp in Beaverbank. Right, okay. From, they built a whole yeah, town. Yeah, they built Beaver a whole Bank. town. Yeah. And um, she was working on that, building a whole town. Yeah. And it's like, what do you do with that town when you're done with it? They did it? the same thing for Chapel Wait, but Chapel yeah. Wait was set in the 1800s. And so they built this whole old, little Old, tiny town. Yeah. And that's it. It's like, well, what do you do what with do you it do afterwards? With it? Um, and so I was happy to hear that. But not only that, even talking to Akima about like our, um, our recycling, like our waste management. Oh, yeah. She was like, what yeah she was like i think i'm in the wrong country and we were like yes <laughs> so it was yes, funny because like we like i saw her later in the day and you know when you meet so many people i was like i was like i'm sorry remind me of your name she's like akima i said oh right from delaware and she goes yes and i said not for long <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna move yeah. here <laughs> and she laughed she laughed at that um she was a lovely lovely person yeah. um but it was just, like, stuff like that. Like, I don't realize the things that Nova Scotia is doing. I know there's so many things that it's, we're not doing. It's one of those things of, like, um, I think of it like, like, you know how you have, like, scent blindness to yeah. your own house? Yeah. It's that kind of oh, thing. Oh, I know. Every time mom walks in, she's like, something smells. I'm like, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. yeah. But you have like scent blindness to yeah. something that you're always in because your your body and your brain is like, this is boring. We right. live here all the time. We're not going to focus on it. Right. And I think that that's really topical for like Nova Scotians. Mm. Like we live in this. And so we don't really like think about all the good things and all the yeah. bad things. And you don't really like yeah. consider them. Yeah. So, so. I've, I've been, um, I've been doing... I've been doing a lot to try and notice those little things. Yeah. Like even as I sit here and the sun is kind of poking out above so the clouds, like it is beautiful. Um, and there's like a birch tree there in the neighbor's yard and it's just, yeah. Like yeah. I lo- like our red maple out front is going to start growing leaves soon. <gasps> yeah. I love, I love the red maple. Um, and like, that's just it, right? Like there was a really good reel that they posted on urban Halifax yesterday. Um, and it was, like, just a reminder that Halifax is soon going to go from this. And it was, like, an overview of a snow-covered intersection <laughs> to this. And it was all of these pictures and little video clips of, like, a spring and summer, summer in like, Halifax. The ocean. So beautiful. Seafood. Um, hiking trails. Like, all I of this stuff. genuinely think that there is no better time to, to be, be in, Nova in Nova Scotia. From, like, May yeah. to to like October. October, early November. <laughs> yeah. Like there is no better time. Yeah. And 
people are like, yeah, we have a long winter. It's like, we do, but our spring and our summer and our fall so are beautiful. so beautiful. And yeah. so it makes up for it. It does. Um, I know I posted yesterday on my Instagram story. I was, so we, we went and got groceries yesterday. Yeah. We didn't need a lot, thankfully, because I've been doing the sorted app and our pantry is built up with a lot of the like the basics the basics that we would need and so I think I only needed like 10 things and it was like vegetables and stuff like that um and so I was excited about that um I bought mascara the mascara was 10 bucks so our grocery order was 75 dollars yeah but it didn't even it filled one green bin yeah and I was like holy fuck and then Andrew's like but how much was your mascara I was like okay it was 10 dollars so I posted on Instagram that I spent $65 on groceries and a picture of what I got. And there wasn't a whole lot. To be fair, $15 of that was seeds. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I bought five packs of seeds so that I can buy or I can grow your vegetables. Own. Yeah. So I bought like tomatoes, spinach, lettuce, cucumbers, and Which is going to be more onions. like sustainable in the long run. That's because, my hope. Hopefully. Right? I've never grown vegetables. I kill most plants that I touch. Yeah. But I want, I really want to give it a try because I'm just so tired of spending so much money on Food. Yeah, we buy a lot of frozen. Yeah. Like a lot of frozen fruit, frozen vegetables. Yeah. And even that right now is like a little iffy on the price. They're, yeah, if you don't um, get them on sale. And like yeah. people are like, well, go to Gateway. Gateway is far out in Dartmouth. It you really wait is. in a really long line. It's very busy, which I don't like. It's half the reason I don't go to Costco. It's very, I get very cold. overwhelmed. It's very busy. Yeah. Um, um, and I get like every time I go there, I say without fail, how do they make money? Like, I literally just don't understand. I don't like, yeah. I they must be getting sick deals from their suppliers yeah. because I just don't get how they're making no. any money. No. Um, I used to go to Chop. It was in um, Burnside. Yeah. Um, but they closed. Um, <laughs> I just, like, point behind But I know me. what you mean. It's, I think it's that way. <laughs> that way. Yeah. Um, so, like, I used to go there. And, yeah. to, like, normally Andrew and I will go get groceries either very first thing in the morning or very last thing so at night. Get those That's when we get the 50% off. off stuff. Yeah. We had to go yesterday at, like, 3, just <laughs> after, like, 3.30. And so we didn't get the, 50%, the same 50%. Yeah. Per- like, we got a couple, but not really. Also, we needed peanut butter. And it was one jar was, like, Seven ninety nine, yeah. or two for fourteen. So of course we're gonna buy two because yeah. we're gonna use it. It sickens me that it's fourteen dollars. I know. I'm like, should I just make my own peanut? But like, I start thinking about the ways. Like that maybe I, can I just... should just become a homesteader, right? You know, like like we have um like I watched sorted food. And they were like, how long does it take to make butter? And if you put heavy cream into a KitchenAid and you just let it go, it eventually turns into butter. butter. Yeah. And I'm like, Should I make my own butter? Because cream is way more, way cheaper than Than butter. butter. I almost said way more cheaper. (laughs) It's Um, way more cheaper. Way more cheaper. Um, You know, like... But I'm, but then I'm like, I don't think peanuts are cheaper than peanut butter. No. And the amount of peanuts that I would need to make peanut butter is yeah. a lot. Um, I also think of this too in um, terms of like energy, because that's something that as someone with chronic time fatigue, and energy. I yeah. really have to think about it. Like yeah. how much energy is it going to take? How much time is it going to take? Yeah. Like Because time do, costs too. Do I have that? Yeah. You know, do I have the energy to do it? Would I actually do it? 
or is it just it just makes sense to spend more yeah it's it's <laughs> that whole idea of like yes it would be cheaper to buy a head of lettuce and a tomato and an onion and all that stuff and make a salad it's cheaper to do that than to buy a bag salad but but i'm not I'm going not gonna to make, make the, salad. the salad i'm not going to no. i'm going to waste it waste that food yeah. And then it's not worth it right. to me. The amount of times that I have bought the ingredients to be like, okay, I'm going to make salad this week. And then it all goes in the garbage. It doesn't. Yeah. Versus if I buy a bag salad, I'm going to eat the bag salad. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's more expensive in terms of money, but it saves me in time. And it saves the money in the long run because I'm not throwing it out. Yeah. And there are certain things where like, I'm not going to buy it unless it's on sale. Also that. You know? Yeah. Like, like I'm not going to buy goldfish crackers unless they're two for four. So that I can get Which them Which I don't for $2. even know if they'll do that anymore. No, I don't think so. They're $5 right now for a bag. Yeah. Um, and the peanut butter that we bought is natural peanut butter. I have a feeling yes. like the, it is the, a little just bit the regular craft stuff is cheaper, but... Yeah. Yeah, just like... But ugh. we do the same thing. We wait for peanut butter to go on sale, and then we buy a bunch of it, and then we don't have to buy it forever. Right. You know? Yeah, like... like <laughs> we have peanut butter now probably for the rest of the year. It's why we bought a Costco membership, yeah. so that we could potentially... Buy things more in bulk. Yeah. Um, we've yeah. been buying our tortillas there mm. because they have 18 packs right. that last for fucking ever. Yeah. And I'm like, so a them. little bit of me is like, Why? how many preservatives are in yeah. there? Yeah. Um, it's like Ben's bread. But at the same time, I'm like, thank God that this lasts right. forever because I don't have to buy the $5 pack of 10 tortillas and throw half of them out. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... No, I get it. I also, we jokingly call them tortillas. Yeah. Just, yeah. you know, because. 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 Yeah. Um, so I had to stop myself both times from saying tortillas. 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 Tortilla. I can't roll my R's anymore. I talk. I roll my R's in the back of my throat. Like, like the, gargling? Like, uh, instead I, of like, la 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 la. <laughs> I, can, I can do that. Like, uh, yeah. But. It's really hard when you're trying to like talk or Ugh. sing to do Ugh. that. Like I can just do it. But I had taught, I had finally taught myself how to roll my R's before jaw surgery. Oh, and no. then I had jaw surgery and now I can't do it again. No. So I'm like, I've, oh, close. So like I was doing that all the time. I've never been able to do it. My tongue is very little and therefore I struggle with a lot of like, flippy tongue things well i'm seeing that's i'm seeing a myofunctional therapist as well and so mm-hmm. my tongue is learning how to be a tongue yeah 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 i was talking to my brother last night and because we were talking about like my jaw and and that sort of thing and i was like well i was tongue-tied till i was four he's like sis that didn't cause it and i'm like it did mm, because again. i wasn't i was a mouth breather when i slept because my tongue wouldn't rest against the roof of my mm-hmm. mouth and keep my mouth closed he's yeah. like what do you mean i was like just sit with your mouth closed for a second where's your tongue i said where's your tongue I said, is it against the roof of your mouth? He's like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, mine didn't for 32 years. He's like, where was it? I'm like, at the, at bottom. the bottom. Because the tongue tie <laughs> held it there for four years mm-hmm. and it never learned how to go up. Only the tip of my tongue touches the roof of my mouth. Apparently a third of your tongue should touch. Yeah, it does not. <laughs> well... I have a very little tongue. Maybe go see a myofunctional therapist. Yeah. Because it could be muscly things. Yeah. She's covered by physio and osteopath. Ooh, I do have that. Yeah. I do. And they, I, and they direct Bill. I um think a lot about the fact that I am paying. It just went up. So I'm paying 
$76 a month to have insurance through my work that I basically don't use because I, it's a lot of things. Um, they direct fill. Yeah. <laughs> but we are looking for a therapist, so mm-hmm. that's. That's good. It's going. Like a direct fill therapist? Yeah. I am also looking for in-person because I mm. don't like. Virtual. Virtual. Which is hard to find right now. It in is. person. Um, I've been doing virtual for over a year. Yeah, I don't, I have a lot of um, anxiety about like video calls and things. And there are certain people in my life that I will video call with. Um, Mm -hmm. Hello, Tiffany, I love you. (laughs) Uh, But I like to do it very few and far between um, because I just feel really anxious about it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter, like, I can be talking to someone I love deeply and I'm still just really anxious about it. Yeah. And so that combined with the anxiety of being in therapy. therapy. Yeah. Um, which is what it is. No, um, I get it. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, I need therapy for my anxiety, but my anxiety won't let me go to therapy. Mm-hmm. So, good yeah. times. Yeah. I think I emailed like six or seven therapists, mm-hmm. um, looking for one and they were all full. And even the one that I have now, she was full, but then she asked if I could do, virtual and I was like absolutely it's like you're in Halifax if I don't have to drive into Halifax absolutely yeah um I will gladly stay at home yeah so it's nice because now I don't have to drive an hour to go to therapy yeah 50 minutes um and then that's a whole other thing too like I used to listen to I just basically don't listen to podcasts right now because I fell out of doing it Mm -hmm. but I used to listen to my favorite murder a lot and they would talk about like um that drive to therapy gives you all of that time to not want to do it and not want to go and like make excuses not to. Mm -hmm. And as someone with agoraphobia, like it's really hard for me to do new things as well. Right. So like, is that part of that part is of the reason? definitely yeah. part of the reason, and yeah. it's also part of the reason that I think it would be good for me to, to be in person. person. Yeah. Um, because it would force me to do like yeah. a new activity. Yeah. So have you also looked at like social workers? Because a lot of, a lot of times, um, I know my benefits cover social Social workers as well. Um, I'm pretty sure mine do as well. Yeah. So, because you could do that too. Yeah. Hmm. And you may have more luck getting in. Fascinating. Uh I I just thought of that because Raquel is a social worker. She has her own practice. Um, she specializes in like intuitive eating and all that sort of stuff. She's a social worker, but Hmm. she can deal with benefits. That's really fascinating. So... Yeah, because yeah, um, my, when I was, like, originally talking to my doctor about, like, anxiety and depression, and um, we talked about doing, uh, like, calling, like, Mental Health Nova Scotia, mm-hmm. and they only had, at the time, like, group sessions, mm-hmm. and that's very out of my comfort zone, like, mm-hmm. really, really far out, and I was just like, I don't think that that would be helpful to me. Right. Um, I think it would actually be damaging. <laughs> like, yeah. it may help in the long run, for sure. Kind of like, like, you know, throw yourself <clears throat> in and... Yeah. Not get over it, but, like, work through work it. Work through yeah. it. But it was one of those things that I just, like, at the time, um, I was like, this is not going to help. It's mm-hmm. not going to be helpful. Like, it's going to be damaging. So mm-hmm. I just didn't go for it. But 
I'm at this point now where I have some things that I want to work through that I just can't work through on my own. Yeah. Like, I just need an outside perspective. Yeah. Well, so. I'm really proud of you for looking. That's Thanks. That's often a lot of the hardest part. Is... I mean, it's slow going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we're also, um, Tristan just got his surgery yes. date. Yes. So we're looking at a decrease in our income, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, which is also prohibitive. So mm-hmm. we'll see. But. So finding someone who does direct bill would yeah, be crucial. Yeah, would be crucial. Yeah. So I have to, like, find someone who works with my insurance as well. Mm. So. Yeah. 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 Well, nice. Speaking of sad things, <laughs> the books I read this week were sad. Oh. Um, I will preface. I did not read. I, I continued reading but did not finish Wasteland. So. Um, in ways that were, like surprising almost to me and you passed me that piece of paper this one yeah it's my it's just my full actual application so i just want to yeah thank you okay so i finished sorry bro Mm -hmm. um bye let me find her name uh talian vascuni um this was uh so the story of it is that it's a an armenian american in San Francisco? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, and her name is Nare, I think is how you say it. Okay. It's N-A-R-E-H. Um, mm. And it I may just be pronouncing it very English. Right. I will um, <clears throat> And basically, the story is that uh, Nare is second generation immigrant. Um not right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she, so her dad was very much like he just wanted the all-American dream. Right. Um, so she, at the start of the book, is, you know, like very Americanized in the sense that she like rarely thinks of her Armenian heritage and like she, um, she lives a very like American pie kind of life mm-hmm. where she's been with this um like white man for the last a white man no white man. um for the last like <laughs> five years and um like her father really loved him and she's just kind of ambivalent mm-hmm. about him um so at the start of the book he proposes to her and she's like, oh, no. <laughs> like, oh, I don't want this. Right. Um, and so he then goes on, like, a pre-planned trip to Germany. And she stays at home and um, is talking to her mother and says, like, I'm willing to try and date an American or an Armenian. Armenian. Um, because her uh, cousin Diana is getting married to an Armenian man. Mm-hmm. And she just sees the, like... Um, the culture and the the like reinforcement of like who they are right. in their relationship and she wants that for herself right so she agrees to go to a conference called explore armenia that is being put on to uh basically like get sort of second generation armenians mm-hmm. um to because there was like a genocide um like about 100 years ago where the turkish um it's actually hot, was, hotly contested oh. because the Turkish say that the Armenians committed genocide against them and the Armenians say the Turkish committed genocide against them. Oh. So it's, yeah. 
Um, but uh, but that's like a true thing that happened. That is a true okay. historical event. Okay. Um, and so basically it's just like trying to get um, more young Armenians to be participating in the culture. Right. Um, and when she... So she agrees to do that to meet Armenian men. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she meets their Arbuni, who is um, one of... She works basically... Uh, in like talking about the genocide mm-hmm. um, I don't know <laughs> I read the book obviously but right. it's shaky okay <laughs> um, and uh, so they meet and um, Nare is very like she's bisexual but very closeted because right. it's just like kind of not accepted in Armenian culture um and she immediately loves our Ar- Arbuni, like immediately is like, I want to be with you, like I, you know, but right. is very torn between this idea that her father had of like really being American and like really like staying on the straight and narrow and like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and wanting to live the life that she wants to live. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, at work, she's a, a reporter for like a news station um but they only give her fluff pieces like the Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah like the ones that are like um fillers yeah little girl gets a note from the duchess like those things um and she wants to do more like armenian stories especially because she's now going to this explorer Mm. media and she's really enjoying it and she does this um segment about like a cooking event that they have and her boss is like no Absolutely not. Like, no one cares about the Armenian genocide. Like, no one gives a shit. Great. And so she's struggling at work and struggling at home and just, like, you know, trying to figure out what she wants to do with her life. And it was just such a beautiful story about Mm. Nare and, like, her coming to her own. Right. And with that also falling in love with Erbuni. So, like, Mm. I liked, I really, really liked this. And it encouraged me to actually start, like, looking into, like, Armenian culture and, like, the Armenian genocide Mm. because, like, I never heard of it. Never, like, just, you know, as a white Canadian, like, I don't hear about a lot of, like, international conflicts and that kind of thing. Right, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it was oh. really good. I highly recommend it. This is a debut for the author. Nice. Um, but they are going to be writing another story set in the Armenian culture in um, San Francisco. Armenian author? Yeah. 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 Nice. So, nice. very good. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Brianna's watching <laughs> me very, like, curiously because <laughs> I'm sitting here massaging my jaw and, like, just doing a little bit of face yoga while she's talking because my jaw is really tight. Sad. So, I know. How many books did you read? Um, one, two. Oh my god. Uh, it was four novels and then a novella. Jesus. Yeah. All right. So, going. um, the next one was called "Not My Prince Charming" by Haley Shore. So a few weeks ago, did you tell me about this? Yeah. Oh okay. Um. Maybe. I don't know. Have you mentioned it? Maybe. Well, because I talked about Happily Ever Maybe by mm. Haley Shore. That was like a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Um, 
And so this is in the same town of Calico Cove. Right. So um, the first one was like a Beauty and the Beast retelling. Right. Yes, mm. yes, yes, yes. So this, this one's was a, a Cinderella. This one's a Cinderella yeah. one. Because yeah. I was saying that I was excited to read it. Yes. It fucking ripped my heart out. Oh, it no. Was, I was so sad. Like, literally, my heart was just like so, like, you know that feeling when it like clenches yeah. in your chest and you just like, yeah. The whole time I was oh reading. Oh my god. Like it was such a good story. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about Lola and Jackson. So Lola is a local to Calico Cove. Um, she works in her family restaurant mm-hmm. um that her uh father left to her stepmother instead of her. Right. Which causes some you know, resentment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jackson is a summer person. So those are like the rich people that come to summer in Calico oh, Cove. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell they're rich when they use summer as a verb. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, I summer here. It's like, yeah. oh, what? What, <laughs> what do um, you mean you season there? Yeah. <laughs> huh. So uh, Lola and Jackson meet when uh, Lola is 10 and Jackson is 12. Um okay. And basically have just the most wonderful summer together of, mm-hmm. like, just being kids and, like, chatting and, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of the summer, uh, it's basically, this is very early in the book, so, like, no spoilers. But it's basically, uh, like, heavily hinted at that Jackson's father abuses him, like, physically abuses him. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically Jackson turns into just a complete asshole. Right. Um, because Lola's mother is basically was like, I'm going to report this. Like, I need to report this. This is abuse. Right. And her, his parents send her a check to basically be like, I'm paying you off. Uh, to not report this, and she rips up the check, but agrees not to report it if okay. he never touches him again. Which, of course, that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they have one fantastic summer, and then the next few summers of them growing up until she's eighteen. Right. So they, he would be twenty then. Yeah. Okay. They are um, just rivals, mm. just like nemeses, like really aggressively angry at each other. And like, um, there are a couple of things that he does to her where he like throws money at her to get her to leave a party and like just really like un- really mean things, but yeah. that you, it's heartbreaking because you know he's doing this. Because he's being abused by his parents. Mm. So you know that he's just, like, he has such a shitty life that he's, he's just, being shitty. Right. Um, and that's, I think, what made it so much worse. is because, like, Lola's reeling through, like, her mother dies throughout this time. And, like, and then Jackson's just a total ass to her. And, like, it just, it's so heart-wrenchingly mm. terrible. And then, so now we skip forward. So 18 is the last time that Lola sees him. And now it's five years later. So she's 23. Okay. He's 25. Right. Um, and he comes back to town for his sister's wedding um, because she's holding it there. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically is like, I have loved Lola since I was 12. And I want to make 
amends with her and I want to be with her. So in the last five years, he has gotten out of his father's, like out from under his father's thumb. Right. And started therapy and basically is just like, I want to be with Lola. Mm-hmm. And she understandably is like, no, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? Yeah. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, like, they work their shit out and they do a lot of talking and they get together in the end. And it was such a good book. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved it so much. But also the whole time I was like tears in my eyes and just like my heart was clenching and I was like, I just mm. wanted them to be happy, right. you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Aww. So beautiful. Loved it. Yeah. Terribly sad. We will definitely have to put a disclaimer that there are heavy, not heavy, but there are spoilers. There are heavy spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically what I did was I read that, the rest of that series. So <laughs> <laughs> the next book is The Grump, The Bride, and The Baby by Haley Shore. Um, and this is the story of um Vanessa who's Jackson's sister okay um so she but what fairy tale retelling is it I don't know if it is one I couldn't think of the of one um <laughs> okay so I'll tell you basically yeah. what happens is that Vanessa runs away from her wedding um she's a runaway bride and she goes to a uh, a person so his name is Roy and two years before the events of this book, they had spent a summer together. Okay. Um, and then she went back to her fiancé um, at the end of the summer because they had, like, broken up. And then, mm. um, and now she's run away from her wedding uh, and basically runs to Roy because Roy has, um, in the last, like, two years, uh, he had gotten custody of one of his cousin's children. Okay. So, um, Nora sweet little two-year-old baby at this point. Um, And so he had, Roy is like a grumpy um, fisherman. He's a lobsterman. And he just like, he puts up literally a wife wanted ad. And so she sees the ad and goes to him and is like, let's do this. Let's get married. And he's like, not to you because she broke his heart. Right. Um, And so... They end up actually getting married to save her from her father um, because basically he might try to commit her. Like, they're starting... um, When she runs away from their wedding, they start saying things like, oh, well, Vanessa's always had mental problems. And Jackson is like, I think they're going to try and commit you. So one of the only ways to get out of that was Mm -hmm. for her to be married so that her husband has the legal right to basically be like, no. Right. <laughs> what is the book called again? The Grump, the Bride, right. and the Baby. Okay, go ahead. Keep talking. Um, and so it's basically just like Vanessa, Nora, and Roy just learning to live with each other. And it's really cute. And they're like getting over their shit. And oh, it's just really pretty. I, like I liked it. it. I just wanted to see if like the description said what kind of fairy tale it yeah. was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> In addition to the runaway bride and grumpy single dad, there is also a kleptomaniac baby yes. who refuses to eat her vegetables, a yes. storm at sea, and a damsel in distress who learns how to save herself. Yeah. That's just on I, the description uh, on... Um, Nora is literally the cutest. She... Uh, <laughs> so they go to the 
That just reminded me of this cutest. They go to the um, grocery store for the first time. Yeah. And Roy is like, okay, Ness, like, listen, <laughs> we cannot let Nora run around. She, yeah, <laughs> she <laughs> hates the cart. We have to hold her, but you have to make sure she can't touch anything because she steals. And Vanessa's like, she's a baby. Right. And <laughs> by the time they leave, she's stolen a packet of taco seasoning and, like, several fruit that she's just what? shoved down her diaper. Oh, my God. So, like, <laughs> she's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, was a really cute book. It doesn't say It doesn't here. say, yeah. No. Did the other ones say? Or was it just, No, it was like, just obvious? kind of, like, obvious what oh, it was. Okay. Um, and then there was a novella, mm-hmm. uh, Her Fake Date for Christmas. And this is, so, local sheriff Bobby has been in love with his best friend, uh Mary mm-hmm. Marianne, Marianne um since they were in high school okay like they've just been best friends all of the their whole lives right um but he's been in love with her forever mm-hmm. um and she um runs into like an ex that basically destroyed her life like so she had gone to New York for art school and came back after a year and basically was like I'm done with art and everyone was like, well, what? <laughs> um, and she's like, I'm just, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done with art. And so it comes out that, like, this ex, like, gaslit her into thinking she was terrible. Great. Um, and so this ex is now in town. Mm-hmm. And um, to make him leave her alone, she turns to her best friend, kisses him, and is like, this is my fiance. And he was like, all right, <laughs> because he loves her and has loved her forever, and this is his chance now oh. to show her that they could be so good together. Um, and that's the whole story. <laughs> it's really, it was a really cute novella. I really liked it, nice. um, and it was just like so sweet, yeah. especially after like the other books had kind of ripped my heart out. It was so nice to just have them, and like there's definitely conflict right. and like there has to be otherwise yeah. it's not interesting. and like mary didn't really love the um she's just like really like closed off because she had been hurt so badly mm-hmm. and but now this is like bobby who she trusts and has trusted her whole life right and she's like i can't believe we also have this whole like um incredible chemistry and like but right. she's she doesn't, she says, like, I don't believe in fairy tales. Mm. And he's like, well, I'm going to make your life one. Right. So very cute. Aww. Um, Really liked it. Yeah. Uh, and then the next book that I read was Final Offer by Lauren Asher. Mm-hmm. And so this is book three in the Dreamland Billionaires. Um, it's my foot again. <laughs> Dreamland Billionaires series. Um, yeah. So I talked about this a while back. But um, it's basically... Uh, so the three brothers are given tasks that they have to com- they have to complete mm-hmm. before they get their inheritance from their grandfather. Right. It's the like Disneyland yeah thing. Yeah. Um so this one is the the third and final book. Um Callahan is the brother. So the first two, it was like Rowan who had to go to Dreamland mm-hmm. and become a director for six months and then falls in love with Sahara. Yeah. And then um, uh, Declan, who's the eldest brother, who has to marry and have a kid and like fake marries his assistant Iris, but then they fall in love. Um, and so Callahan's 
task is to spend one last summer at their lake house in Lake Wisteria um, and then sell it. He has to sell the lake house. But what his grandfather didn't tell him was that he and his um, childhood love, like his lost childhood love, Alana, um, are now co-owners of this house. And he is not allowed to sell it without Alana's permission. But he's also not allowed to tell her that he needs to sell the house for his inheritance. So he has to basically go and spend a summer there. How does... How does the inheritance keeper know, though? Uh, good point. <laughs> like, <laughs> but anyway. Um, and this book was so fucking sad. Um, so Callahan is an addict. He's addicted to alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he was 18, so it's been like six years since this but when he was 18 he was also addicted to opioids Mm -hmm. and um that basically broke him and alana up right um and alana also has a um an addict for a sister and so she's very much like i just can't do this right um and so he comes back and he is still like deep in his alcohol addiction and like it's just so heart-wrenchingly sad to like read because he's also um like it really because it's it's dual pov okay and so it really goes into the like the depths of what he's thinking Mm -hmm. when he drinks and like why he drinks and it was just so fucking sad yeah um it was one of those books where like I tried to read it even faster than I was already reading it because I wanted to read the last book. I wanted to know how it ended. Like, I wanted to, like, finish out the trilogy. But it was just, like, <sighs> I had so much trouble reading it. Yeah. Um, Because of all of them, like, this was the one that was the most heartbreaking. Right. And um, Alana is just... Like, she has a little baby girl um, who was actually her sister's child, um, but her sister gave her up because she's an addict. Right. Um, and so, Alana's like, I don't want you around my kid mm. if you're going to be addicted. Like, I don't want you drinking around my kid. I never want you drunk around my kid. And it's, like, just so heartbreaking. And so I liked that it had a happy ending because it does um but i just like the whole book i was just like scrolling as fast as because i was reading on my phone right and i was just scrolling as fast as i could like reading as fast as i could because i just wanted to get over like the heartbreak and the heart-wrenching like scenes of like um he would you know one of the scenes he drinks at her party at like the kid's birthday party right um and alana is just like so angry which you would be yeah you know yeah and the reason that he was drinking because it like talks about it but like the reason he was drinking is because he was super nervous to be with all of these people in the town who hate him for breaking Mm. Alana's heart and it's just like so fucking sad and so I liked the book I liked that it had a happy ending I liked how the series ended it was just really hard to read right so, oh. good job, Lauren yeah. Asher. Like, really good job. Because mm-hmm. um, addiction's really hard to, like, write about in a way that doesn't seem exploitative. Mm-hmm. And this was, like, a very good version of that. And I am curious to know 
who in Lauren Asher's life was an addict right. or is an addict. Yeah. Because it's very, like, it It seems like she has personal experience, experience with it. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, it's interesting because um, I was talking to someone on the weekend um, and they they were talking about how, like, when it, when someone in the family has an addiction, a lot of the times that person is treated like the villain yeah you know like even if they try and get better and then they relapse and all this stuff it's like the person is treated as the villain and it's like it's not the person like they don't want to be doing this like the addiction whatever their vice is like that's and that's one of the things that was really clear Mm -hmm. is like um a lot of the time um cal would be like you know, sipping a little vodka throughout the day, but every time he'd do it, he'd be feeling that shame and that guilt mm-hmm. and that, like, I don't want to be doing this, but I don't know how to do anything else. Right. Like, he yeah. was using it as a coping mechanism. Um, and, like, I talked about it in the other books, but, like, their father really, really sucks. Like, their father is also an alcoholic. Their father, um, like, once their mother died, their father just became the coldest possible human to them. And, like just was really terrible mm-hmm. um, and, like, emotionally abusive. And so, like, Cal didn't really have the opportunity to have a stable childhood. Right. And I know that it's kind of one of those things where, like, oh, yeah, rich people and their problems, but, like, money really fucks you up sometimes as well. Like, not having it is one thing, but having so much of it is another. Yeah. Because you don't have to deal with your problems. You just pay you just them. pay them to go away, yeah. basically. yeah. Um, and, like, Cal's been, obviously, like, the family fuck-up for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, he's been an addict for so long. And, like, his family just treats him like he's a failure. Mm. And it was just so sad. Yeah. And it's that thing of, like, they treated Cal like the problem, not his addiction. Yeah. And, um, it was just, ah, uh, fucking. Yeah. Goddamn. No, I know. <laughs> and I haven't had someone in my own life, no. um, to my knowledge, mm-hmm. that has been an addict um but I can definitely empathize with that that yeah my my dad I guess like when I was a kid like when I was like really young um mom there were times where mom was worried because like he would get so drunk Mm -hmm. on the weekends yeah um and my entire life he always had like a beer two to, in hand. Two to three yeah. beer, like at night when, like when he got home from work. Yeah, and that was kind of the thing. Like um, when we were going through money problems and stuff, Dad would be like, "I can't even have a fucking beer in the fridge." Yeah, and you know, like, um, it. And so you don't want to like say that it was an addiction, right? But at the same but time, at the same like, time, like that's disordered. Yeah, for like sure. He, like he <laughs> couldn't, he couldn't go without it. Yeah, um, but. You know, he was never, like, he was never the drunk parent. Like, he was never yeah. the, like, it, looking back, I don't have any memories of, like, being scared of him because he was mm-hmm. drunk. Like, yeah. whenever he was drunk, it was because he had friends over and he was playing card games or watching a football game or and whatever. And it was, like, expected. It was, like, a social thing. It was, like, a social thing and, like, something that was normal. Right. Like, I know that alcohol is, like, going out of vogue now mm-hmm. and people are really just, like, not drinking, mm-hmm. which, great. Yeah. Perfect. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, but, like definitely in the 90s like that was just the culture yeah you yeah know? 80s 90s yeah like, yeah but 
dad, yeah, dad always had beer. Yeah. Always. Um, and that was one of the things that, like, even if we couldn't pay for whatever else, we'd be paying there for was beer. beer in the yeah. fridge. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, dad never went to pick it up. Mom always mm. was the one who went to get it. But dad never went to the stores at all. Yeah, like your mom did the shopping. Mom did all of the shopping. Um, if we were out of something, dad would be like, we need this. Mom would go to the store. Yeah. Um, it was funny because uh, I forget what summer it was. I think, I think it was the summer right after dad turned 55 because we joked that at Lawton's now he was a senior. Right. Yeah. And it was, I think it was Canada Day that year. Um, and he was out of um, tanning oil. <laughs> and he had just gotten a debit card and all this other stuff. And he was like, oh, I don't have any tanning oil. And I was like, well, let's go to Lawton's. So dad and I went down to Lawton's and he picked out the sunscreen that he wanted. Yeah. And I think he got like Australian gold or something. <laughs> yeah. Because um, that's what dad was a sun worshiper. Like, yeah. He, if he didn't die of colon cancer, he would have died of skin cancer. cancer. <laughs> um, yeah. Like it would have happened. Um, and so, uh, yeah. And he was like, yeah, I'm a senior. <laughs> yeah, it was the only senior discount he got because he died when he was 57. Wow. So he never got, yeah. like, 60. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Wild. 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 Yeah. It's so, I read a lot of sad books. <laughs> yeah. Two of them just, like, ripped my heart out. This is yeah. a thing. You need some um, happier books. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I have this tendency, and part of it is that I like to read romance. So there has to be some sort of you know, conflict or whatever. So there's always some part where I get sad in the book. Mm. Um, but it just so happened that two of the books I read this time were sad the whole time. Right. And usually it's just like happy, happy, sad, happy. And these mm. ones were just sad, 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 happy. Right. So. Yeah. So it's a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm glad that I finished the Dreamland Billionaires because I really, like, I did like this the series. I know that when I talked about the first one, I was like, fucking billionaire. I know, I'm like, mm. <laughs> But I think what it was is that, like, Rowan and Declan were very much, like, money will solve everything. Right. And then Callahan was like, I have this money, but really it's my life sucks. Anything, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, good. Then give it all away. And he did. Spoiler alert. Oh. Um, kind of. Nah. Read the book to find out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, sad. Nice. And then it just was one of those weeks where I was also sad. So. Do you think it was from the books? Or... No. Oh, okay. No, I think okay. it's just... I'm feeling the stress mm -hmm. of, like, upcoming events, um, and just, I'm really tired. Yeah. 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 So, you know, life. Life. Life kind of sucks sometimes. Yeah. 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 I'm not, I'm not gonna be like, well, it gets better. Mm. Like, I'm, it can. It can, but I'm it not can. just going to shout out those. But, yeah. No. no toxic positivity. Not here. No. That's not what we do. It drives me nuts. It does. Yeah, it's really annoying. Mm -hmm. I had something that I wanted to talk about that I thought about while I was driving. Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay. So yeah. I saw, <laughs> I saw a picture of her and people are joking that she looks like She's from the 70s or something. Yeah. And and then I saw another picture 
like on the news this morning it was like after johnny and amber now gwyneth and i'm like what is she in court for okay so she is being sued for three million dollars for um for her allegedly causing a ski accident oh yeah okay um and so uh but she is also countersuing claiming that the plaintiff um had actually caused the accident so you can counter sue yes. that it was somebody else's fault yes because they're suing you yes that's silly well in this case Gwyneth says he caused the accident and he says Gwyneth caused the accident okay and um as far as I know there weren't that many witnesses because it was like on a ski hill and um they were like alone it's at the fast time and, and it was fast and whatever um so basically it's like he said she said and so they're now in court trying to like determine who's at fault and like etc and basically if Gwyneth is determined to be at fault she has to pay and then if he's determined to be at fault she's asked for one dollar just as like a um like a fuck you you right. know how Taylor Swift did it <laughs> where yeah she like countersued for a dollar yeah. and then actually won that dollar um, which was great. Mm-hmm. But I have no idea. I have no idea who, like, who's in the right, who's in the wrong. Like, the courts will figure that out. But Will they? Well, maybe. <laughs> That's what they're in court for. Right. Um, but basically, like, some people are just like, this guy just wants a payday. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he's asking for $3 million for, like, um, his, you know, cause he, probably medical bills, medical bills pain and suffering. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, but basically his lawyer is being like ripped to shreds on social media because she <laughs> isn't doing like the greatest job. And some of the things, oh. like some of the quotes and things from her, just, they don't put her in the best light, to right. be honest. Great. Um, and I know that court is like sometime adversarial and in like this case definitely um but like some of the ways that she's questioning as well like I was just like oh gross I don't like that so oh (laughs) I don't know um you can find a lot of this online Mm -hmm. it's being like live streamed um in the same way that the Depp Heard case was yeah um and the one like the way that I got introduced to this case really randomly was that I saw a video of Gwyneth's lawyer being like, there's a new camera in court and it's pointed directly at my defend, like <laughs> at my client because um, they're allowed to live stream it, but they have to be like um, pointing at like witnesses and things, like not at at like Gwyneth Paltrow. Right, like at the stand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like this whole thing where they're like, the media is obviously doing this to try and get like a payday from this. Mm. And they're like, this is not what court reporting is about. Right. So. Like to be fair, the Depp Heard case, yes, there were cameras on Amber and Johnny the whole time. Yeah. But also the witness stand. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't think they're showing the plaintiff. And so, like, it's right. really unfair right. to show the Just defendant the and defendant. not the plaintiff. Yep. So no, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. So hmm. I don't know what's going to come of that. Um, That's but so weird. Basically, 
Gwyneth claims that um, she was just skiing down the hill and two skis came in between hers and he like bumped up against her back and then they tumbled. Mm-hmm. Um, he claims that she was skiing real fast and just ran into him. So who knows? Um, so how did she not get hurt? I don't know if she didn't. I think it was like minor injuries for her. Um let me see if I can do a little Googling. Mm. Um, I'm sure if I just put her name in, it'll be like the first yeah, thing that comes up. Yeah, because like I know when I go skiing, if I fall, even if nobody is around, I have hurt something. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. it hurts to fall, even if you're in snow, because you do get going pretty quick. And like you're, you have <clears throat> six foot poles attached to your feet. So. Um, okay. So... um this man it says that she so his name is terry sanderson says gwyneth slammed into him from behind in a ski collision that left him with a concussion brain injury and four broken ribs uh it does not seem like she was injured okay yeah. Hmm. Which does lead a little bit of credence um, to his story. Yeah. Basically what she says is that he came up behind her and was pressed against her back. And so she freaked out and like tried to push him off because she thought it was a sexual assault. Um, which I could totally understand yeah. how that would happen. Yep. And then by like pushing him off, like getting him to go away, he like fell, tumbled, whatever. But if his skis were between <clears throat> her skis... She's getting hurt. Yeah, you would think. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know. This is just what's coming out in the court case. Hmm. Um, this was like a 2016-2017 incident. So really? It's been a, a while. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't realize it was that long ago. Yeah. And so, of course, she's like, well, he's just trying to make money off of this. But if he has that many injuries, like... He's got a lot of medical bills as well, mm-hmm. especially in the states. Yeah. Oh my god. Where that three thousand three million dollars will probably barely pay off. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, I'm sure I've talked about it. Andrew and I are watching The Resident. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's Grey's Anatomy talks about it a little bit, but not overly. But this show is really about like. The money side of hospitals, hospitals. and mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, and so I mean this is a spoiler alert for season. What season are we in? Three, I think three maybe. Yeah. Um, the hospital goes public, right? Instead of a private, yeah, hospital. Um, and so it's. I'm very interested now to see kind of what happens because they're talking about now their hospital will be a leader in the state of Georgia um, and hopefully convince other hospitals to do the same. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that would be interesting to see. Mm. I do not agree with privatized healthcare. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of it, obviously, is that we live in a state with public healthcare. Right. and you know what? There are issues. Mm-hmm. And I would love to be able to sometimes, uh, not that I have the money for it, but to be able to just pay, you know? Like, we could have, if, if we 
had had the money and had private health care, we could have just bought Tristan his surgery instead of waiting four years for it. Yeah. I also But at the same time... Yeah. I also I, don't think that he would have had to wait four years if COVID hadn't happened. No. No. Right? Like No. <laughs> um, that's a whole other discussion. That's a whole discussion. other thing. Um, but, like... But he still would have waited, like, a year a and a year. half, two oh, years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, I just don't think it would have been this long. That's the thing, is... The people that I hear talking about we should have private health care are the people who could pay for private health care. Yes. And I'm like, I don't think you maybe realize or understand or maybe care that by introducing private health care, you are killing the public health care sector because where are the, where are the the doctors coming coming from? from? Where are the nurses coming from? They're going to go from public to private. Because they're going to get more money. Right. And then the public health care will crash and then yeah. we will have an issue like the states where people go into what did they say in one of the episodes? I think it's like the th- the top third reason. Um, oh no, it was different. It's like the 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 top the leading third leading cause of death in the U.S. is medical error. Um, mm. They were saying, but I think it's one of the leading causes of suicide is oh, medical debt. Absolutely right. Like yeah, it's. Insane. Well, by introducing privatized healthcare, you're essentially saying that poor people don't matter mm-hmm. and that poor people should die. Right. Um, and I know that that sounds like such a wild accusation, but, but look like, at the state. What else what else is there? Like if people can't pay for healthcare, they don't get healthcare. And or then they, they die go into debt. of treatable and then they die. Yeah. Of yeah. treatable illness. Mm-hmm. Um in the United States, I know this about diabetes specifically, mm-hmm. but in the United States the leading cause of diabetes death is access to insulin. Right, because a vial because of insulin in the it's States thousand dollars. Like, what? I thought it was two fifty. Oh, it depends. Because um, they talked about that specifically on the it's show. It's very expensive to be a diabetic. It depends even, on even in Canada, mm-hmm. like it's, it's oh, expensive. My mother goes through compassionate care because she cannot afford insulin. Yeah, and this is in Canada. Yeah. Um, the average list price in Canada was $12, um, for a vial in the States, mm-hmm. it's $98. And when they're talking about and a this is vial, 2021. Um, it's 10 milliliters. And that is one dose, uh, on average. It depends on how much you're taking, Yeah. but, um, I know that my mother takes a, um, about 20 milliliters a day. Mm-hmm. In insulin. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're talking $200 a day. Yeah. And, like, it has other countries here. And it's, like, yeah. Australia is less than $7. UK is seven mm-hmm. fifty. France is $9. Germany is 11 Canada is 12 Japan's 14 And the U.S. is 98 Yeah. That was in 2018. And based on, like, what they were talking about on the show, like, it was 250 in yeah. 2019. Yeah. So, like, for a month is what I'm... Like, for a month, it's over $1,000 oh, for your insulin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you are just paying like out the wazoo for it. Yeah. And that means that you're not getting proper health care mm-hmm. because you are not able to take your medicine because you're not able to afford your medicine. Right. And insulin is not a luxury. No. Insulin is a life and necessary hormone. Remember when hormone? Yeah. 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 Remember when um they were talking about EpiPens? Yeah. Um because adrenaline there was like an adrenaline shortage mm-hmm. and epinephrine shortage. Mm-hmm. Um, and they started charging like 
seven, mm-hmm. eight, nine hundred dollars for one EpiPen. Yeah. And it's like, um, that's a life-saving medication. Right. And I can't afford that. Right. That's and, not a, oh, I, yeah. I have a hive. Like, and they recommend that you have minimum three mm-hmm. on you at all times. Um, especially if you're like a child, you mm-hmm. have one at school, one at home, and then one on you physically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so like that, and, and they only last for so long. Yeah, they expire. And then if you don't use it in that time, which hopefully you don't. Right, of But then course. that's just wasted money. That most people don't have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I really, I'm very against privatized healthcare. No, me too. Um, and I know that a lot of that comes from the fact that I just, I don't think I'd be here. Let's be honest. I think I would have died in infancy mm. um, if I didn't have available health care. Yeah, public health care. Yeah. You definitely would have died when you got meningitis. Oh my god, I would never have gone to the hospital. Right. And if I did go to the hospital, uh, like, we wouldn't have been able to afford it. We'd be in such severe medical debt that, like, yeah, I can understand how people attempt suicide. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, or complete suicide. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's really bad. I have a lot of feelings about this because they've been Same. talking about introducing privatized healthcare into Nova Scotia. And I think that that is a horrible idea. Yeah. It's terrible. Ontario's trying to, do the, to do the same thing. And it's like, I think they're trying to do it to alleviate some of the problems in our healthcare system, but I just think it's going to make it worse. I don't understand why, because there, there are so many studies out there that show that public socialized healthcare is the way to go. Mm-hmm. That private healthcare, it is, it just destroys everything. It does. And they've done studies in so many different countries and they're like, guys, the U.S. has the worst We're, healthcare. Yeah. So why do you want that? Like, why do you want that? Because money. And honestly, we should go the NHS model, which is the model from the U.K., yeah. which is partly what how our medical system is modeled. set up. Yeah. It's modeled after that, but not to the level that they have it. Mm-hmm. Because the U.K. government spends way more money in their health sector than they do in basically anything else. Yeah. And that's necessary. Yeah. Like, <sighs> oh, I just, oh, I don't understand. Like, the more... The more that, like, you know, food is expensive. I saw something the other day that was like, I don't understand why something that we need and something that we created agriculturally with industrialization and all of this other stuff, yeah. a necessity for life, yeah. could be restricted because of money. Yeah. And it's like, what? So stuff like that, stuff like basic health care, like, the things that we need to live mm. are restricted because of money. Money. And, and this is going to sound so, like, dumb, so be prepared, but, like, we fucking created money. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we did. Like, I don't understand how the whole world can't get together and be like, okay, we're blank slating it. Like, I just don't oh, get there it. Would be riots. And I know that people are, like, sucking on that capitalist teeth. I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, it's it's all made up it's, like yes. it's all made up we made it up all the debt we're in we fucking we made, made that up, up. <laughs> like and it's not real it's so frustrating economists are like uh it's real, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> the one economist that listens to us is like ah never again <laughs> oh man we just lost 17 listeners yeah um we only have like we only have 15, 15. <laughs> we lost more than we had yeah 
But, like, um, I don't know. It's just so frustrating yeah. to live did right you, now. Did you ever see Repo, the genetic opera, with um, Anthony Stewart Head and Paris Hilton and... I don't... The, the girl from uh, Spy Kids... Oh my god. Alexa Vega. I don't think I've actually seen it. I know it's, a lot about it, but I don't think I've actually seen it. It's great. I'm pretty sure it's based on a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was back in 2007 or 2008. They made this movie. It's a musical. Yes. Called Repo the Genetic Opera. It yeah. is set in the future. And the idea is that if you need an organ transplant. No, if you need any transplant, any kind of transplant. Like there are people in this movie who have like skin transplants mm-hmm. all the time and to, then, to keep looking young and you have to continue to pay for those yeah if you cannot pay for it anymore they repossess the, they repossess what you have bought yeah and like there are these um repossession repo officers that will hunt you down in the street and like they will cut, cut you and yeah. take whatever and you just die yep and it's like <laughs> And of course, there are the rich people, like Paris Hilton is very rich in this movie, and she's got, like, skin transplants up to wazoo. Yeah. And it is just ridiculous. It's a good movie. I recommend it. It's one of those speculative fictions that you uh, think about, and you're like... um, This is plausible. This is plausible. Yeah. And that's the scary thing. Yeah. It's like... Time that with should, Justin Timberlake. Yes. Yeah. Where you have to like pay, pay for, for things time. in time. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. And that kind of speculative fiction is the kind that I just I love reading, but it's also terrifying because mm-hmm. I can see how the progression of society that we're in right now could lead to that. Yeah. Um. That's and how that's I horrifying. That's how I felt when I was watching Upload. I was like, yeah. this is terrifyingly yeah. plausible. Because they're um, trying to do that. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm very much of the mindset, and I said this to someone else the other day, but I'm like, if anything ever happened like The Last of Us, or, you know, something <laughs> like, just, I'm done. Just kill me. Just kill me. <laughs> I don't want to be here. Like, I can't, I just can't deal with that. I like, can't, I can't, I can barely deal with the life I'm living right, now. Right. And so then to have to, to dodge um, zombies, zombies or, or or fungus people or um but not only that like the true colors of people really come out and like mm-hmm. people people on people is terrifying yes that's actually one of the things that i find the scariest about a lot of our like apocalyptic um stories like that the we walking tell. dead and the last yeah. of us and that sort of thing where it's barely about the like outside threat of like a zombie or the like extreme weather or weather or whatever it's people it's people yeah it's people being like well i deserve it's like mad max like i'm gonna hunt you down and kill you because i have water and And you you want my water and i'm gonna kill you right like i don't oh my god don't want to be here don't i don't i don't no i've thought about that before and like part of this is obvious that that like death is on my mind a lot mm-hmm. um we will put a trigger warning we will yeah um but like i just i don't want to live in that no i just mm. there there are scenes in one of the episodes of the last of us that i'm like that scene alone makes me solidify the idea that yeah. if anything like this ever happens in our world i'm done somebody was like 
zombie apocalypse started, I'd be like, give me a fucking gun. Yeah. Like, I can't. Yeah. I no. can't do this. No. I, I can't even and live people, now. Well, maybe it'll get better. No. I don't have I don't have the sustainability in my no. in my brain to hope for no. that or to to try to make it through. Yeah. Um and for like a a weirder example of this is Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. <laughs> um I've been terrified of dinosaurs ever since I watched Jurassic Park. Um when I was a kid, so because good. the velociraptors are my terrifying. Favorite. They're my favorite. They're horrifying. Um, but you know, because there's a lot of like, oh, we have this, you know, <laughs> mosquito and amber, and we can get the DNA and whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, if you fucking make dinosaurs real, I am off of this planet. Have you learned nothing? I am out. I'm Audi. I cannot. Yeah. I, like legitimately. I would be, you know, living in a bunker that no one knows where it is and it's scent and sound and everything proof. Like, I cannot yeah. deal. Nope. So. No. No, yeah. thank you. No, thank you. No. Someone asked me at work if I watched The Last of Us and mm. I was like, I can't handle zombies. Like, <laughs> But it, it was funny because my brother was like, there's only, um... He, they're called infected. Yeah. Um, they're, he's like, there's only infected in this episode, this episode. And like, when they come up, it's not that bad. Like, Mm-mm. it's, but I, I, but I get Mm-mm. it. Andrew couldn't watch it either. Um, if anything, if you ever get on it to watch it, just yeah. watch episode three. Yeah. It is a standalone. I've heard, I've heard so many good things yeah, about it. Yeah. You don't have to watch um, the to know. Yeah. It's just one of those things where like, I there are certain I can I can read the darkest romances which or I've the talked darkest about. books like yeah. last week yeah week before week before mm, yeah mm. like I've talked about some of like the most fucked up things that I can read right and zombies can't I can't do it I they scare me so much mm. the infected are different they're fast well that's the thing yeah. right it's like it's more like World War Z. Huh. Or like twenty eight days later, and yeah. Like, oh that's, my god, that's one of my favorite movies. Horrifying. They're, they're, they're filled with rage. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like fast zombie. I don't like any zombies. Something about just like a mindless creature that's trying to eat me. I can't. Well, I'm struggle. and the thing I always thought was interesting, or like about, infect me, or yeah, like whatever. Yeah, the thing I always thought was interesting about The Walking Dead is like one walker, not that fast. Like pretty slow. Yeah. Ten walkers faster a hundred walkers real fast fast. it was like they gathered power from each other yeah it was really weird um i didn't like it another like version not like zombie-esque but like um in stargate uh in like the later seasons of stargate they have these things called replicators and they're basically um just like little nanobot creature things that can like mm. that you can like never get rid of them and it was just one of those like most horrifying things it's because like they pray d- by yes michael Crichton. yeah yes, yeah and i yeah. just hate it yeah. and it scares me and i don't like the future it. really scares me i know yeah like like and it's, it's not even necessarily things like um, you know, what will I look like in 30 years? I don't give a fuck about that. I don't give a that. fuck. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, will the world still be here in 30 years? Will, will the life as we know it now still yeah. exist And I in think 30 that's years. the generational difference between, like, millennials and Gen X and boomers and all that other stuff. It's like, 
they never had to question that the world that they would have a future right like i know that when i'm 60 life will not look the same as it does for my mom at 60 right now it will look drastically different um and that's a terrifying thought because you know growing up you have this idea that you're going to grow old you're going to sit on the porch and you're going to watch your grandkids and all this other stuff that's not going to be my life a because i don't want kids yeah b because life is not going to look like that in 30 years well the extreme weather like what i just technology technology like i it's one of those things where like i think about um technological advances a lot Mm -hmm. uh because you think about the fact that the the atomic bomb was a huge technological advance yeah like really big it actually changed the way that we made energy Mm -hmm. for the 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 whole world yeah um and it, it it's such a good thing with such a terrible potential yeah you know yeah (laughs) like like and i think about that with like nanotech yeah it like that would be such a good thing to be able to um have things in your body that could heal you as you live right but also what happens if someone fucking hacks that and kills you like i oh what was it there was a there was an ai technology that had started saying i want to live i want to be free (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah, I know. Um, also, just speaking of AI, I don't know if you saw, Halcon just put out a statement that at at Halcon this year, um, AI-generated artwork will not be permitted to be sold on good. the floor. I know. So good. many people are like, good. And it shouldn't be because the the sources why? can't be verified. Why, why, it's why? It's stealing artwork from other people. Yeah. Like, Why are we using AI to do art? Yeah, I know. It, 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 yeah. We should be using AI to to do like data Budgets. entry and that kind of shit, like the things that humans do because we have to, not because we want to. Like, it's this a thought of like automation. I I agree that automation should come in so that we are free mm-hmm. to do other things, but that comes with other like like universal basic income you have to if you're gonna automate our jobs away yeah. you have to allow us to live in a different way yeah and whether that the the, the seep which is a book that i read recently oh. i'm just like thinking mm-hmm. about it um because it's this like alien thing that comes in and it solves all of humanity's problems like right. it it fixes everyone's like there's no more diseases there's and it just does all these things which allows humans to just exist exist and live and do art and whatever and like it makes a community like a utopian kind of community it has its own problems obviously yeah um but like it just that thought process of like why are we on like why are we using ai to do the things that humans should be allowed to do yeah like how many people did artistic pursuits during covid like during the lockdowns when they had like time. when they had time yeah. time and energy and like sure we were all worried about money for sure yeah you know but we coped with that by doing doing art, art. Yeah. and it's like ooh, we shouldn't be using ai to do art yeah we should we should be using ai to do the technological things that we have to do to survive you yeah. know no like, i agree i agree but AI also is only as good as the people who build it. Right. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, <gasps> the future's scary, friends. The future's really scary. Well, really scary. 
on that note. What a great note to what end. What a great way to end it. The future's really scary. We're worried about uh-huh. our lives. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> um, you can find us on all major listening platforms. Yep. Google, Apple, Spotify, CastBox, Amazon. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram at Books and Bisexuals at nikki.rose.martin mm-hmm. at bls underscore poetry mm-hmm. um and rate review yes, subscribe do all, all the, the things, things. uh love it. thank you so much for listening yeah um honestly a real highlight of my life is this podcast yeah. so please keep listening so that we can keep making it um yeah. Yeah, we I mean, we're you. going to even if you don't. Yeah. So. It's just nice when <laughs> it's nice we can share with listeners. other people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we love you very much. Yeah. Thank love. you. Goodbye. Bye.